What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire? Running your own company? Achieving your life's goals? Yet wake up in a cold sweat? Next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello, caviar dreamers. Hello, caviar dreamers. Welcome to a snowy day in yes, New Jersey. Yes, it's still a snowy day in New Jersey, but I'm super excited because we have a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. We um, obviously are still here doing our, doing our podcast. It could be it's coming up on a year, maybe. Yeah, it's almost coming up on a year, and then we, we, then we got hit with the pandemic, so we're almost we're coming up on a year on the podcast, and yeah. a year since COVID was announced. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, insane. I feel like I'm suffering definitely from a case of pandemic fatigue. I wake up in the morning and it is hard to motivate and to like really think about achieving my goals when it's like Groundhog fucking day. Yes, I feel the exact same way. But we have to constantly just, people have asked me, how do you stay motivated? You know, many days I do stay in my pajamas till late, but I know I have a lot to do and I'm always thinking about new ideas. The creative brain never stops working, even with... COVID brain. It's painful. It is painful to have a creative brain. It is. All I do is think of new ideas and how am I going to achieve them. Then I have to hyper-focus in (laughs) on the important ones that I think that are a good idea and that I can make happen. And then, listen, it's all about connections, reaching out to people, who you've met in past lives. Yeah. Everybody's looking. It's all about networking, Reaching out, don't worry about people saying no. I saw a woman in the nail salon the other day who I never knew before. I asked her what she does. Um, she was in an industry that I could totally connect with. She wanted to connect with me. We exchanged business cards. Anywhere you are. I mean, I meet people in the freaking supermarket that I wound up doing business with. So it's well, you're amazing. really good at that. You don't say no to anyone. You see everyone as an opportunity, as, yeah. you know, with an interest in something to bring to the table. And if they're not bringing something to the table necessarily for you, maybe you have something to offer them. Exactly. I love to offer advice to anybody, anybody who reaches out. I mean, I sometimes I feel bad. Everyone's like, you didn't get back to me. Well, I can't always get back to everybody right away. And I don't mean think I'm not thinking about you. No, you definitely mention all the time different people you've connected with. And actually, 
something that we did on Friday night that was so interesting, which is like networking for the future, an app that at first I was yes. like, Jesus Christ, another social media app that we, that we normally couldn't handle. Oh. We did clubhouse. And by the way, it's amazing. It is amazing. If you can get on clubhouse, it covers every industry. It's not just for Bravo people. It's not just for fans. No, people like Elon Musk are on there, Katie Couric. Um, I heard Bethany Frankel dips in and out, though, in the business and, and entrepreneurial it's rooms. audio. It's not visual. It's audio. You listen to people speak about business. It's some stuff. You know, you can do Bravo stuff. Um, it's, it's about like an, connecting. Uh, an interactive TED Talk. Yes, is the best way to an describe it. TED talk. What a good way to describe it. Yeah. And our friend Dave Quinn, um, a writer, formerly at People Magazine, he's actually writing a very interesting book right now. Um, he connected with us, and he moderates a panel on that. Yeah, um, Bravo State of the Union, and yeah. I spoke on Friday night. People asked me questions. It was amazing. And what interested me about listening to it was the questions that people asked you. I assumed, you know, that people would ask you things like. Margaret, how did you feel when you pushed someone in a pool? Mm -hmm. You know, how did you feel when your ponytail got pulled? But it was really, how do you stick to your goals? How are you motivated? How did you start a business from nothing? It was very yeah, I was surprised how, how business focused it was. A lot of people listen to the podcast. And I love that they asked me about charities. So I think if you could go on Clubhouse, you could dip in and out of rooms. You could listen to people speak who you would never get to hear speak unless you paid for it. So that's yeah. what I think is so, so impressive. You can um, reach out and ask a question. Yeah, you I just think raise your hand virtually you on that, yes, and they let you in the conversation. Yeah, I just love it. I, I will be on again this week, Thursday night, with Kate Casey, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Kate Casey will be interviewing me. And if you have any business questions or anything like that, please, yeah. please, um, if you're on Clubhouse, join our room. And if you're not in Clubhouse, get on Clubhouse. You have to be invited or get on the wait list, but they let you in very quickly. Yeah, and I think we'll probably maybe even do like a special podcast episode on that yes, one. Yes, we definitely will. it's so interesting will. and interactive. Yeah, and we'll do a live podcast on there, and it's very interactive, and you're absolutely going to love it. It and was really great. And today, we have an amazing guest. Yeah, Justine Santanello, who is... Yeah. Really, she has fulfilled her caviar dreams. Her goal was always to be on TV, be a lifestyle expert, and she has done all of those things. Uh, I just want to do a side note. I am also a lifestyle expert. That's, uh, I would say that's a professional know-it-all. I was that <laughs> way before I got on Housewives. I was always on TV. Well, you've excelled at being a professional know-it-all yes. since this. Yes, yes. I came yes. out being a know-it-all. Um, I had no choice to know it all because Marcy <laughs> really, you know, behaved like she knew absolutely nothing. Except, so I um, pre-order so. the book if you want to hear more about <laughs> yes, that because yes. you will hear it all. Yes. No, but I was always on TV offering handy dandy tips on gift giving, on holidays, yes. um, how to throw a party on a budget, just a bunch of different things that I would give ideas about. So Justine Santinello is also a lifestyle expert. She is a brand ambassador, hostess on a host on QVC. And now she executive yes. produces her own morning show too. Yes, which I have been uh, fortunate enough to be on and co-host with her. So she has really done it all. She's a young mom. Yeah. Also uh, lives in New Jersey. Yeah, she's great. She's super inspirational in this. And I think that 
that's something people don't realize. Like with those morning segments, if you want to get into morning TV, you know, we used to practice those segments. We had to produce them. Yeah, you produce your basically your own segment. It's not like you show up and, you know, you have to produce your own segment. Yeah, and no she, one's handing anything to you on a plate. If you want to be a lifestyle expert, start with your Instagram. Yeah, what are you an expert start at? Start branding yes. yourself. Start thinking what you could do. Literally produce your own segments. Look for the products. Think about Listen, the talking points. It's very easy. And I'm not just saying, you know, it's not easy to be an influencer, but if you, you know, if you take great photos, you know, that's even elevated the game. Lindsay Salmer, who works yes. for me, an amazing influencer. She has grown her following, but the influencer game has even upgraded. It's not just looking fabulous and hot. She is, have a yeah. point of view. Um, yeah. She teaches people how to do reels. Yeah. That really changed the game. Reels really changed the game. So it's about, um, you got to be an expert in something. It's not just all hype and bullshit. You really you have do. to know what you're talking about. And you self-produce and you guys, anybody out there can make it happen. It's it's really about hard work, not an overnight success. And Justine Santinello is proof. So let's welcome Justine Santinello into the room. Oh, sleep. I love your, your hair looks really good. Thank you so much. Just giving, talking about all your achievements and you're so oh. young. I mean, lifestyle expert, you've been on QVC, you're a brand ambassador, you produce your own show. Yes. I mean, you do it all. So just let's, let's hear about, did you always want to be on TV? How did you start? Because that's inspiring to so many people. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, I will say that probably my first memory was when I was probably like six years old, watching Home Alone with my parents. And I turned to my dad and said, dad, I could do this. Like, I want to do this. Now, obviously I didn't become an actress, but I think I knew then that I wanted to do something in entertainment and to be on television or to be on the big screen and make people happy. So I've really known since I was really little that I definitely wanted to be an entertainer of some sort. So when you went to college, were you just, what was your major in college? Yeah. So I went to Syracuse university. I went to Newhouse, which is a fabulous communication school and I studied television, radio, film. It really laid the groundwork for everything. I mean, they have such an amazing network there of people that when college was ending, I used Syracuse as a resource and that's how I got my very first internship while I was in school, which then eventually turned into a job after college. Now, did that necessarily set me up for everything in my life? No, but it was definitely a good first Step. So I've definitely known that this is what I wanted to do since I was little and pursued that through college without knowing the exacts. You know, I knew I wanted to be in entertainment. I wanted to be in television, but I wasn't sure exactly what. That first internship had me producing and my first job was kind of a sink or swim situation. You know, what, they had, what was the first job? So the first job was at a very small broadcast PR firm and they essentially took talent and made new segments with them. So what are you going to buy your dad for Father's Day? What are you going to pack in your beach bag this summer? We would find the talent, media train them, write their scripts for them, book the segments for them. I mean, you name it, we did everything for them as the producers. And I worked there for a little while as a producer. And honestly, it was a stroke of luck that one of my talent one day couldn't make it to one of her appearances. And my boss was like, you do it. You wrote it, you produced it, you know the material, you would be good at this. 
you go do it. And I went to Hartford, Connecticut the next day, did their morning news show, and that was it. And then you started just being on-air talent. Yeah, so I started small in local markets around the country. I mean, I literally was George Clooney in Up in the Air. I mean, I lived <laughs> on an airplane. It was like you would get into a city, sleep, go to the news station, do your segment, and then get right on another plane and go to the next city again and again and again and again. But I was very young at the time. I was in my early 20s and I had nothing else going on. You know, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. And I said, let's go and do this thing. And that's where it began, the smaller markets. You know, you're going to, gosh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, like a bunch of places I had never even heard of in my life. And then that got a little bigger, a little bigger. Then you're going to LA, you're going to New York, you're going to Chicago. So that's where I started in the local news sector, doing different lifestyle segments. Yes. So who, who was booking you? Were you booking your own things or were yeah. you? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, I was lucky because I had worked at this company where we were doing that regularly. So I just took all of the contacts and the people I knew from producing and translated that over into my on-air. And I did the producing and on-air simultaneously for a while. And then finally the on-air was getting big enough where I left my day job and decided to take the risk of being a freelancer and being out on my own and doing on-air full-time. And that was probably about six years ago now. Wow. I think also having the producing behind you is such a key skill. Like you really, you know how to hone in and deliver the talking points and like, you know, help the help people at networks. Because I think the people that work at the networks are so relieved when someone can produce their own segment. Yes. Oh, yes. You're 100% right. That's what I was telling people before you came on. I think that's an important skill. I also think it's very important. I want you to stress the importance of media training. Oh, yes. People don't oh, yes. fucking bullet points. And if they don't land the plane, it annoys the shit out of me. Is you not a great... Well, especially if you're doing like morning news. I mean, you've done plenty of interviews. Yeah. So you know, you only have what, five minutes tops? Mm -hmm you have to get to your points quickly. Otherwise you're gonna get cut off. It's not a good interview and the producer is never one gonna have you back on the show again. So it's speaking in bullet points, but it's also thinking of problem solution, at least in what I do. Okay, what's the problem? Uh, you know, making this up, but winter skin, right? Everybody's skin is dry and it's cracked and what do you do for that? So we're breaking that down. This is your nighttime routine, your daytime routine, what products you should be using. Thinking of it in a problem solution format helps to make it shorter and more concise. Yes, and I think that's great advice because so many people are just, they don't cut to the chase and, and obviously you have to romance it a little I mean, you just don't want to cut to the chase and cut it off and not make it interesting. But so many people like uh, driving around the bush and I'm just like, oh God, it's so great. Well, you so can't lose the takeaways in the, in the chatting, you know? Those right. deliverables are so important. And, so, I, and also remembering that, you know, if you're coming on to present a topic, it's different. You know, you're not Brad Pitt coming on to talk about you and whatever you want. You know, if it's Brad Pitt talking, we're more interested, right? We're more like, oh, he wants to talk about his socks? Okay, I'll listen to Brad Pitt talk yes, about his yes, socks. Yes. You know, but for people like me, the experts, the reporters, you have to get to your point quickly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, even when I'm talking about housewives, there's certain things they want to know. I, I mean, I, I just don't want to be a run-on sentence. So well, I, I think, think that's important. So I think media training 
if people could do it, it's very, very important. And I guess, do you still practice like before you go and deliver something, Justine, do you still run through your points and practice a lot? Or at this point you could just hit it out? It depends on what the project is. If it's something I've produced and written for myself, by the time I'm done putting it all together, I know it. So I don't really need to go back and practice. But if it's, if I'm working with a brand, let's say as a brand ambassador, and they have very specific points that they need me to get out, then you have to rehearse that. You have to make sure you're getting all the points out. It sounds right. You're selling it properly. But at this point now, I'm easier to just kind of go and wing it. It doesn't make me nervous anymore. It just excites me. Oh, I love that. Now tell us about, you know, because so many people are just like, I want to be on QVC. And, you know, what's the story behind QVC? And, you know, you were a you were basically the brand ambassador on QVC. Tell us about that. Yeah, so QVC is a lot of fun. It's definitely unlike any other television medium that I've personally done before. Um, you know, people always think of QVC and they think, sell, 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 and that that's what it's all about. Yet when you get there and you're on set, that's not the vibe at all. They really encourage you to be friendly, easygoing. They don't want you to be infomercially. So I think that's a big misconception about yes. QVC. Now, obviously things are different over there because of COVID. The guests are not allowed in studio currently, but when I was going pretty much every single day at one point, you were in the studio and they have their own salon in there and they make you up before you go on and you get mic'd by somebody and you're out there with a million lights and crew and you know that millions of people are watching at home and there are models and it's just a fun, exciting atmosphere yeah, over there. This is Susan Graver, right? Who yes, so I worked with Susan for, gosh, probably four years. And in the thick of it, I was living at QVC. I mean, the back and forth to Pennsylvania, I just got a hotel room. They knew me at the Sheridan and that's where I was. And now, I'm not, how did you, how did they, how did you meet, did you meet Susan? How did they pick you? Did they see you on local TV? Like how did that come about? Yeah. So here's how it goes with QVC. Generally, they bring people in often to do QVC general auditions. And if you make it past that point, which I did, they basically say to you, we're going to put your name in a book and present it to companies who don't have their own spokesperson and they can decide from this book who they might want to use to sell their product. But what that means is, and they said this, we could call you tomorrow or you could never hear from us because it's not technically on us to decide. And I didn't hear from them for a year and I kind of forgot about it. And then they called me to say, we're having a specific audition for Susan Graver. If you want to come in, we think you'd be good for it. Just so you know, we're bringing in hundreds of girls and they weren't lying. I mean, you walked in there and there were girls everywhere waiting to go on and wow. they do a real audition with cameras the cameras aren't on but they do it on the set they have a real qvc host there with you and maybe five minutes before you go on they give you a sheet of paper telling you what you're gonna sell and that's it and wow. i went that's intense and that's high pressure Woo. oh you have to be able to be on your feet. I mean, the type of person I am, I knew it was for Susan Graver. So I watched her on TV a bunch. I studied her brand online. I went to qvc.com, read about her materials or fabrics. Yes. So I was prepared, but when they just hand you a sheet and say, okay, you could be presenting one of these two items in five minutes. That's nerve wracking. 
that's scary. But obviously it went well because like two days later, I got a call from Susan herself offering me the job. And I mean, her brand is one of the biggest brands on the entire network. It is. Yeah. Yeah. She's been there for 30 something years now. It's unbelievable. Did you just love it so much doing that? But then I'm sure you got tired after it's, it's a, it's a big commitment. It's grueling in that. I mean, again, not now with COVID, but they're on 24 hours a day. So being the backup guest, which I was to Susan, I'm doing the stuff Susan doesn't want to do, doesn't have to do anymore because she's been on the network for 30 years. So I'm the one doing the 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., weekends, holidays. I mean, basically there was a point in my life where I would have to say to friends, okay, yeah, we could go to dinner next Tuesday, but just know I could cancel on you Tuesday morning. Like that's what it was like. My life was run by QVC and that was okay for a long time. But then after a while, you want to do something else. And also, I didn't want to be somebody's backup forever. Oh, I, want, I wanted to launch my own brand. So it was a good platform. It was great. I hope to come back to QVC and represent I mean, another brand. Beyonce. I mean, we're not back from sex, right? Exactly. It's time to step away. Yes. yes. And also, when you're doing those kind of hours, it's very hard to simultaneously do anything else if you're awake you're right. in Pennsylvania through the middle of the night. Right. It was a two hour drive. I'd get home at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. I'm not starting my day. Then I'm going to sleep. You know, and I was doing that for a while with a newborn at home. So that oh was my like, God. Wow. Did you yeah, ever, that ever was take fun. a newborn with you? Like, and have any, but no, nope, nope. Because I mean, listen, I lucky for me, I wasn't breastfeeding. So it was easier to leave the baby at home, but I couldn't take her with me. It's too much of a liability. You don't know what a baby's going to do. So yeah, it's a little yeah. tough. Yeah, that was a lot, but it was fun. Yes, it's a lot of fun. So then how did you come about wind up doing your own show? Did you pitch the show? Did they approach you? Tell me what happened. So I had been thinking about this for a long time. I wanted to start a show that was a lot like the shows I appear on, these lifestyle shows, morning news, but like the light stuff, the fun stuff, not the hard. I never wanted to be a hard news person. I wanted to bring smiles to people's faces, not more bad news. Um, So, you know, after appearing on those shows for over 10 years now and traveling like crazy, I thought there has to be a better option for me. Let's start something here in New York because there's not that many options like this in New York, which is the number one market in the country. We pitched the idea of lifestyle fun let's bring in other experts who can teach us about all different things we'll have celebrities come in we'll we'll do demos we'll show recipes we'll do everything and we got a shot we got a pilot season and it did well and now we're in season two and you know fingers crossed it's only getting better and bigger and we're so excited I mean, that's, you should be so proud of yourself because thank you in your career so far and you're still very young, which is, yeah, I like to think so. I'm 35. So I mean, Jesus, you've had such a big career and you're only 35. So that's, what's so impressive. Is it hard to come up with new, I think, is it hard to come up with new ideas all the time? It is. It is because I find sometimes in this lifestyle TV category, you get pinned to the same things over and over because everybody wants 
like the seasonal things, right? Um, what are you going to bring to the beach? What are you going to get for Father's Day? What are you going to get for Mother's Day? Valentine's Day. There's always a holiday around the corner and we have to cover that. People want to know gifts. They want to know what to do. They want to know what experiences to book. So we have to offer that to them, which is fine because I love holidays. But sometimes you do want to switch it up and do something a little different. I think now that this show is mine, I can have the liberty to do that more. Like when you were on. Yeah. And we could have fun and do games. And I could never do that I know you tricked me. You gave me a big trick. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta. We gotta. That's the fun of it. Now, has it been harder to produce segments during COVID? Because it's not like, what do you wear to go to a party? Like, what do you bring into the party? Because we're not going anywhere. Yeah, that is for sure. It's been hard on two different levels. At first, it was hard because, you know, a lot of what we do incorporates products. And brands are trying to look and get more audience, more eyeballs, but in a more editorial way. That's what we try to do for them. And the beginning of COVID, they didn't have money. You know, they didn't have the money to go out and get the advertising that we could offer them. So that was the first part. And then, yes, your typical, um, you know, summertime when we would talk about summer entertaining or having a big barbecue, we could do it, but it had to be very sensitive and scaled down. So instead of, oh, who are you inviting over for your big summer party? It was more oh, when you, your husband, and your children are having a barbecue at home, what are you going to serve? But I think people, after a little while, wanted some normalcy, wanted fun, wanted something light to look at, wanted something to look forward to. So it, it didn't affect us for too long. We just had to be sensitive about what we were talking about, always mentioning COVID at first, too, and being safe. But now we're in a much better place, I think. Yes. Yeah. Now, if this season does well, can we try and get it picked up in other markets? I like the way your your mind works here. I feel like it's good. It's interesting, yeah. and we should try and branch out. Yes. So that is the next step. Um, I wanted to see if we would get picked up for season two, which we did. Now that that's up and running and going well, yes, the goal now is to move into other markets. Um, I'm thinking something like a Chicago or Dallas or LA, you know, something within like the top 10 markets around the country. Yes. The goal is probably we'll start by picking up one more market, maybe mid season this season and then continue on if we're getting a good response that way. Yeah, I think that's great. I think people like to see it where it's not, you know, depressing and it's it's nice right. to watch and it's like you're bringing interesting topics and and people could see, you know, different things like that that are inspiring and right? Yeah, like, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah fun fun stuff and we're also we're getting a lot more interviews now with celebrities and reality stars and famous authors and people who are big chefs and that's the fun stuff right you know we're having somebody come in next month she's going to do a big cooking demo in our kitchen and we've been talking to everybody from dr pimple popper to the teen moms to the impractical jokers i mean that show is doing unbelievable I have to tell you, we put up a video, it was the trailer for the new season on our page. Within, I'd like to say an hour, it had over a thousand views. Now that's just from our our page, which is a brand new show, right? We don't have a ton of followers yet. It's. I think that video now has almost 20,000 views. People are obsessed 
with that show. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Same reaction for me. I cannot watch I mean, it. I love to pop someone's pimple. You know me. Yeah, but I can't watch that. Like, I oh. can't watch it either. I mean, my mom loves that show. She is. A, that was probably the biggest. When I told her I was interviewing Dr. Sandra Lee, she was like, you'd think it was, it was breathtaking. <laughs> um, so, but I, no, not so much. But I look for when it's coming to who we're going to interview Obviously, if I know the person and I'm a fan, that's fun and that's yes, great. Yes. But I don't have to be. It, you know, you go to Dr. Pimple Popper's page. She has what eight million followers, four yeah, million I followers. It's so fascinating that it became yeah. business that she made that business into like a very successful television show with people coming from all over the world. And some of the episodes are really like heartfelt when there's yes. a birthmark yes. or like a growth of yes. a little kid like. I have watched episodes which have brought me to tears, you know? So it is so interesting. She is changing people's lives at the end of the day, but some of the stuff is definitely hard to watch. Oh. I know, I know. Too. But, you know, I just love a good black, a deep-rooted blackhead pimple that's like, you know, the size of a twin. <laughs> she said that the biggest... I can't remember the, the technical term for it, a lipoma or yes, something. Yes, I know a lipoma. I know people have was a lipoma. 11 pounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I had like, a little one in my back. Lexi had a little lipoma once. 11 pounds. <gasps> well, that's a nice weight loss. The quick yes. 11 pounds. Yeah. When she, she described it as bigger than the average baby. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, that is disgusting. That is. Oh, that is. That is disgusting. But people love it. She got such a great response from our fans and audience that, okay. You know, I have to think about that too. Not everything is appealing to me necessarily, but I'm trying to keep up with what's popular, what's trending, what's new, what's interesting. Yes. Yep. Have you found have you found it easier to network and get people on the show with COVID, like because people are answering their own DMs as opposed to going through people's agents? That's a great question. I do think I think it's more the fact that now you're interviewing everyone like this virtually that it's easier for people to commit to. You know, they don't have to come into the studio now. If they live in LA, they we don't have to think about, oh, do we have to get them here on a plane to New York? It's so much easier now to just be like, yeah, let's just set up a Zoom. I mean, two weeks ago, I interviewed the Long Island medium, Teresa Caputo, Yes, over Zoom. And she, spoiler alert, she read me oh. via Zoom. That's wow. I mean, so would that have happened before COVID? I don't know. Like, would she have wanted to come to the studio for a brand new show? I, maybe not. But when she could do it from her living room, they're more willing to, I think. So I think this whole Zoom virtual interviews, this will stick around way past COVID. It just makes everybody's lives a little easier. Easier for us too, because if somebody can't come to the studio, we're only in the studio once a month. So if they have a previous commitment that date, instead of being like, oh, I guess we can't get them, I'll say to them, whenever you're available, I'll do it from home and then we'll just record my stuff in the studio. Wow. So how many, um, how many episodes do you record in a day in the studio? We do two. two. So they're half hour episodes. So to make just an hour of television, we're in the studio though, probably from around 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. It's a day. It's a day, but it moves. It's fast. And then we also then have to incorporate whatever I did from home. Yes. yes. And how, um, and how, tell everybody how often your show is on the air. 
So the show is on two Saturdays a month, like smack in the middle of the month, those two Saturdays back to back. We're on at 3.30 on WLNY. So that's in the tri-state area. If you live in Manhattan, areas of New York, New Jersey, Westchester, Long Island, you can watch us live on TV. But we know that there are people all across the country who want to watch. So now we're live streaming on our YouTube page. So at 3.30, you go on YouTube, you watch it right there. And also we're on all those major streaming services now, Roku, Apple, you name it, so that people can watch it anywhere. That's another beautiful thing about these days. You don't have to live and watch it on your TV. I know, do you love that? I do, it's become so convenient. Delivering like good content to people now is easy. So people don't have an excuse not to like, you know, to say, I don't know how to get into this industry. We ask everyone who comes on the podcast, yes. like three questions. And one of them is what's your most entrepreneurial advice, advice like real. to someone who wants to get into your industry? Yeah. I think that there's a big misconception in this industry that it's all about who you know and who your connections are. You know, I remember when I was first starting out, people asking me, oh, well, you know, who did your dad know? Like, how'd you get that job? Or how'd you get that internship? So insulting. At the end of the day, it's on you. You have to be your biggest advocate. Everything that I have gotten in this industry, everything that I've worked towards has been from my effort. And conversely, every opportunity I've missed or didn't take, that's also on, on me. You know, my husband's been pushing me to do this show for six years now, but I was not in the right place six years ago. I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't think I could do it. Now I know I can, but at the end of the day, you have to do it. You really have to put in the work. I think also in this industry, people think it's very easy to hire a publicist, a PR person, an agent, a manager, and they'll do all the work for you. But it really doesn't work like that at all. Those people only start to do that and do all the work for someone when you're already at a certain level. So at the end of the day, you're going to waste tons of money on their retainers and their commissions and their fees. When you're first starting out, don't waste your money on that. If you have any money, it should be spent on investments like social media, um, signing yourself up for events, media training. Don't hire someone to do something for you. You're the only one who's going to be as invested in your job and your career. Like that's it. That's amazing. That's, really that's great advice. Do you hear yeah. that everyone? I think that's fabulous mm. advice. You don't need a big team behind you first investing yourself. And I think that's super important. Yeah. At least in the beginning, it's yeah, just it's you, like, you know, no one's ever going to be as invested in you, but you. It's, it's true. true. Unless I have Lexi. She's, she's <laughs> invested, but we're together. We're together 12 years. I'm very lucky. Yes. <laughs> but there you go. We're invested well, in each other. That's it. Right. But now you have a relationship. It's, it's a totally different. It's a long time before Lexi yeah. came around. So, exactly. Exactly. But once you reach a certain level, then of course you hire people to help yeah, you. you have, you've gotten so you big. Have, you yeah. can't do it all yourself, no. but not in the beginning. I agree. You're, that's great advice. I always say the secret to my success is I was always 50% determined, 50% delusional. What percentage delusion and determined are you? That's a great question. I would say probably, unfortunately, more like 90% determined and only 10 delusional. But that isn't always a good thing. Like I said, my husband knew I could do everything I'm doing now six years ago. If I would have been a little more willing to jump and willing to take the risks, I could have, who knows where I would be 
now. So I think having those little bits of grandeur and delusion yes. thinking that you can be something is a good thing because that pushes you to achieve your dream. But I think because we also get older, like I think I was more delusional in my 20s than I was in my 30s, but my 40s, I'm going back to delusional. Yeah, it's kind like, of fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, we always thought we were like that. Vegas showgirls showing up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we also ask, um, everyone has like a career defining moment where they had to overcome something that was just so tough. So we ask everyone, what was your big girl panties moment? Wow. I love this. I would say that that was probably making the decision to go freelance full time, leaving my nine to five job and having zero security, zero money in the bank. Like wow, this is really scary. You are on your own. And I'm not going to lie, in the beginning, it wasn't really working. And I was dipping into whatever little bit of savings I had and hustling 24 hours a day. And that was scary. I used to go to sleep like scared and crying because I didn't know if I made a humongous mistake. But put the big girl panties on, kept going at it every single day, plugging and plugging away until it picked up. And I think that your point with this whole, I like you calling it delusion, is that once you taste a little bit of your success and a little bit of, oh, wait, I can do that, then you're more free to dream yes. bigger because you know you can then. Yes. And also, I love that you didn't throw in the towel because so many people fear, yeah. you know, they see they're not getting the result they want right away. And they're like, fuck this, I'm throwing in the towel, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and no that would have been easy to do. Yeah, That's and it's easier sometimes to do. And also, you know, there aren't a lot of nice people necessarily in this industry. You know, there are a lot of girls who do what I do and they're not that nice. That was also a moment for me of, oh, wait, am I not doing the right thing? Because they're making me feel less than. But I just had a different approach than they did. I didn't need to be at every social event bullshitting with people to show my face. For me, this that's not what this was about. I'm working. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, I agree. Well, you are such a pleasure to have. So inspiring to so many. You know, you're like a breath of fresh air, right? You I really got a girl's Thank you. Industry, yes, a girl's industry, which we love. Inspiring to women. And, and thank you. Everybody up. And I'm so excited to see, you know, the show in every market. Yeah. Yes. That's the goal. That's where okay. we're going with this. Sky's the limit now. It is. That's Sky's right. the limit. So tell everybody where to find you. Yes. So you guys can find me on social, Justine Santanello. I am on all of your major platforms and you can watch Lifestyle Today on WLMY Saturdays at 3.30. Or of course you could find Lifestyle Today show all over social, YouTube, if you don't live in the New York area, and write to me. I always like when people write and ask questions and tell me comments about the show. Like, I, I look at all of my messages, so I still really like that. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Just thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yay. Well, she was just lovely. That was so great. And she, great advice. Really good advice. I think one thing that I picked up early on, she lent the power of networking in college yes everybody power of networking and now there's no excuse because we've discussed it a lot this episode clubhouse is great for networking clubhouse 
Instagram is great for networking. You would have no idea how accessible the real Margaret Joseph is. Yeah, the real is. Margaret Joseph is more accessible than I would even like, but for some strange reason, you know. Hello, this is Howard, uh, Howard J. Kaplan or whatever said, I am a uh, TV producer and I just got your cell phone on the internet. So, yeah. Oh, well, I worked <laughs> editing that part of the <laughs> But we now took you off the white pages so you don't have to worry. No, yeah, the March is very accessible. Many celebrities are accessible. Engagement Listen, is what drives the brand. Yeah, people. and it's just like, yeah, or just, you want to reach out to a CEO of a company? You know what? Hit them up on LinkedIn. Message them. Be a hustler. Oh, that's a good point. This is something that I've been meaning to do. Clean up all your social media platforms, your LinkedIn. Make sure your bio is good. Update your photographs. Yes, Keep yes. everything up to date because people do... Look, look at that. Up. They do look at that. When you hit And by up. the way, if you want to be in business, get the trash off your fucking social media, okay? Agreed. I don't have anything negative on my social media. No. Nothing. I don't write vicious nonsense, okay? Do you even see the way I respond to my fans? You could turn anyone in a hot. You know what? If they write hostile stuff to me, I don't write hostile stuff back. Do you know why? Negativity is unacceptable and it's not good for business. And Do you it see also what's going on? It breeds negativity. And it breeds negativity. So and I don't want that. that. Down, and people positive. are very nasty to me. Some people, most people are nice. 99.9% of people are nice. But the, that small smidgen or negative, you know what? Negativity is not good for business. So listen, if you just, if you don't want to work and be an asshole <laughs> and not give back to society, that's okay. But if you want to have a business and be successful in life, don't put your don't put negativity out on social media. Yes. Even if you want to be on TV and everything else, maybe on the show there you know there's some negative stuff. People argue. I give my valid opinion, but I'm not going to go around writing horrible stuff all over the internet. You know what? That stuff never goes away. It doesn't. You cannot escape from yeah. it. Yeah, you can't undo that crap if you put it in writing all over the place for the world to see. And and employers look at that and people look at that and they're just gonna say it's like why do I want this negative Nancy working with me? This Debbie Downer. That's it. FYI. All right, guys. Yes. Caviar dreamers. I'm gonna go to lunch. So behave. Behave. Behave, people. You got it from the march. Yeah, you got it from the march. But I love you all. So caviar dreamers, keep dreaming. And thank you everyone for tuning in every week. We really appreciate it. We have amazing guests coming up for you. Yes, inspiring to inspire all of you and to get us through. Yeah, so you'll find us every Wednesday at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget on all of your podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon Now, everywhere, and YouTube. And you can find our Instagram at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget, at The Real Margaret Josephs, at The Life of Mrs. P. Yeah, and, and follow my business, the Macbeth Collection. I put up products there. Um, you can see what the Marge is always up to in business. That's Love right. you all. And oh, God, Margaret. buy the book. Jeez, you have a lot Jesus. to remember. Oh, my God. Do you have a pen and paper? Because this was a lot. You might need to rewind and write this down. Yeah, buy my book, Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget. I mean, we make it easy. Everything's the same name. So just yes. get on it. Yeah, it's on pre-order right now. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming, Caviar Dreamers.